Good morning, aka Padders. What is happening? I'm Peter A. DeLuca, another known as Pad. That's P A D, and that's where we get the Acapad from, or aka Pad. I, I, it always cracks me up when people pronounce it as Acapad, so we just go with it sometimes. But hey, I'm your pop culture, media, multimedia, all over the place host. Uh, yeah, we we do all things geek here, and uh, we even do life anecdotes. And uh, right here, right, right now. For episode 217, we are talking too fast, too furious. We're continuing our fast and furious thread that started with Hobbs and Shaw two episodes ago, episode 215. Last episode 216 was the original, the origin movie of this incredible franchise. So let's get to it. Let's talk about the sequel, the first sequel. Is it the best sequel? Well, let's find out. I am drinking from a Joker cup that I bought at RetroCon. Yeah, sorry everyone. Uh, this past weekend, Mark and I went to RetroCon again. Now, last year, if you recall, uh, we went to RetroCon and uh, saw Cybertronic Spree. I uh, had like a pretty much like a three-day weekend and uh, had a hell of a time. That's where I found out that uh, Mark... Uh, and if you guys don't know who Mark is, Mark's a contributor to the show. He's been off the show for a while just because, just because when it really comes down to it, um, he, he he does know his stuff and he does do his research. But I just uh, sometimes feel like him and I aren't targeted enough and we just, it's just, it goes on and on. And that's not really uh, what this podcast, that's not. AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. Uh, you know, I, I focused, I shifted everything to become more of a designed, uh, you know, a product for everyone. Uh, and, and it just makes it easier. Uh, you know, like sitting down and knowing what you're talking about and, you know, kind of having some mental marks to hit. Uh, you know, should, should Mark and I get back to it? Should we rehearse a little? Should we, you know, maybe just do some, just do some recording? Doesn't have to get released. Uh, I believe so, yeah, because I still believe Mark, uh, you know, and I call him Mark the Merc. Now, keep in mind, there's two separate Marks <laughs> that have come through this podcast. Now, you can filter all of this out at akapad.com, where we kind of highlight all of our contributors for this wonderful podcast. But yeah, so... Yeah, you know, last year him and I go, and 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 I find out that he doesn't really drink, uh, and he sleeps with this ventilator mask, which is somewhat of a excuse to not to lose weight. Uh, if you really want to be honest, most sleeping uh, ailments, most most sleeping uh, anything for for that matter, uh, you know, really kind of comes from uh, weight loss. If you uh, are like snoring, if you're suffering from joint pain, most of your joint pain is going to come from uh, the weight of yourself while you sleep. Okay, because you like you're just pressing on yourself. So this is like one of those things where you know staying fit, staying trim. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you have to be a Adonis or Olympic level athletic athlete. No one's saying you have to go that deep. But at the same time, yeah, it, it it helps. It helps paying attention to your body as you get older, 
and kind of, you know, editing your body as you go along because that's one of the things you have control over. Now, these some of these other things, psychological infliction, so on and so forth, you do not, but you can combat that as well. So anyway, that, that, that that's your public service health announcement from AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. But no, no, no. So Lacer, Mark, and I go, we, we have a great time. Just pace here. Like we went now. Uh, this time we had girls. <laughs> Okay, we had girls with us. Okay, <laughs> but no, and uh, you know we just went for one day, and uh, I guess the point I'm talking to you is, is I'm uh, you know everybody always wants to know what am I drinking during the podcast? Uh, today I'm drinking water from my Joker 1973-ish a Joker cup from 7-Eleven that literally has the, the origin and description of the character far better than the upcoming Joker movie approaches the character like the 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 slurpy cup this licensed dc comics joker slurpy cup uh pinpoints the character more than uh, than we've seen in cinema which is uh amazing it's amazing (laughs) it's like what what is happening here um long my long-standing position against this joker movie it's a it's a joker movie it's not the joker so there you go but no no we we had a good time got some good food after uh just kind of went crazy uh and you might be like pete what else what else have you been buying like okay so i I bought like a few things i bought a joker slurpee cup that was like 10 bucks i bought two villains for my action figure uh like super villain desk at work because i like having the villains on my desk at work uh if you follow me on ig stories it's aka pad 13 uh you know just dm me there make a request i'll I'll upload it but i have like color coordinated villains from like the history of action figures because i think to do things in this world you have to be a villain and i get energy from that so anyway so (laughs) so i bought like two action figures maybe those were like six bucks total and then I bought a, uh, a stuffed elf just because I just, just thought it was going to be ridiculous. And uh, we, we just had a good time running around with elf, basically. So, <laughs> yeah, and that was it. That was RetroCon for me year two. Now, that this is, believe it or not, RetroCon uh, 2018, 2019 is the first time ever I went to a geek convention, we'll say, uh, two years in a row. The first time ever. Uh, so when people are like, P, you're such a geek, and I'm like, not, uh, like, not really, not, not, I don't subscribe to your culture, you know, I don't subscribe to, to just taking the masculinity and energy away from men by, uh, telling them that, uh, pieces of plastic, owning pieces of plastic is a, uh, pro move, but anyway, because I do not, uh, plastic will die, it will rot, gold, gold, my friend lives forever but yeah so continuing our discussion too fast too furious uh in the intro i asked the question is this a worthy sequel like where, where is this i would say like within f- franchise sequels where does this rank uh, um i would just say within perception uh and like sustainability type conversation uh modern day i would put it pretty much with uh transformers dark of the moon like just not well received uh hype expectation want 
um, you know, like, had the right elements going into it. Now, I will say, um, Transformers 2, Rise of the Fallen. Like, that midnight showing was literally like a rock concert. There were so many people, young and old, just wanting them to continue uh, what they thought the the first movie kind of set up. Uh, Rider Strike happens. A lot of things happen around that movie. Uh, sometimes it's a miracle that these movies even come out the way that they do. And, you know, Dark, uh, not Dark in the Moon, Rise of the Fallen, Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers, Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. I got it now. Thank you. Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it's shocking that movie even came out on time. Okay. So when when you're working on something creative and you hit adversity, give yourself strict deadlines and, and try and hit those deadlines because getting the product complete is far greater than the product being perfect. Learning to complete things under pressure timely the best you can uh you will grow as an artist no matter what so deadlines do help and you know uh, hey look you, filmmakers make products so this movie comes out and no one it makes money it does good it's like i think it's it's seven overall of of the of the 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 ones we have released let, let let's just see 2003 2003 directed by john singleton Great director. Too Fast, Too Furious. Adjusted for ticket price inflation. Too Fast, Too Furious comes in at number five. $227 million. That's fantastic. No, I'm sorry. It comes in at number six. $189. Just about $199 million. It is between the fate of the Furious and is between Fast and Furious. So it's between the original and the most recent. Uh, not bad. It really, it's it's not a bad showing. Worldwide, it's number seven. That's where I was getting my, my seven from. At uh, 236. Now, comparatively speaking, Furious 7 is 1.5 billion. The Fate of the Furious, the most recent, is 1.2 billion. So, you know, I mean, look. Th- this, this movie just didn't hit. It didn't hit. It didn't hit. It's it, there's watching this movie. It's it's interesting, but you, you kind of see why it didn't hit, and it because it, it just doesn't have a hook. Now, they added Tyrese Gibson to this to make it a little bit more of a like buddy cop movie, you know, like but they're they're it's they're buddy criminals because Brian's on the uh, run. Uh, Ryan's on the run, right? Paul Walker's on the run. I'm not getting any of my uh, names right here. <laughs> this this might be a uh, Brian O'Connor. There you go, Brian. <laughs> I need notes. Where are my notes at, everyone? But yeah, and Brian's on the run. That's played by Paul Walker. There's a short film. There's a short film called Turbo Charge that leads into this movie, and it kind of pretty much just explains that. Brian O'Connor is on the run. There's people looking for him. There's law enforcement. He's on the news. He's in the papers. And he's going from Los Angeles he's Los Angeles to New York or Miami. And he goes to Miami. And he ends up there. And we find out that he has a little bit of a history. 
in that city and the the short film too like just sets up him like winning races losing a car going coast to coast okay that's how he makes his money going cross country uh the opening credits for this movie are awesome uh the opening sequence for this movie is great the cars featured in this movie are great one of my uh favorite cars is suki's car uh it's like this pink uh nissan it's gotta be a nissan <laughs> well whatever car suki has it's awesome but it's this pink car uh it's driven by davon aoki yeah that's right steven aoki's sister now she was bigger than him way before he was anybody and because she came up through the fashion industry and now we have uh we have her we have an amazing car we have ludicrous cole hauser plays the villain and i love cole hauser i love him in almost anything put cole hauser in any freaking movie i love it and then we have eva mendez as a like dea you know pretty much like undercover agent uh Eva Mendes later shows up in Fast and Furious 6, right? Post-credit sequence where uh, Lita, she reveals to The Rock that Lita is still alive. And then we have the return of Lita in 7, right? Because Lita dies in 5, so it should be 5. She's no 6, and then we have her for 7 and 8. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Going from memory here. But yeah, but Eva Mendes even becomes a reoccurring character from this movie so previously you know the previous episode th these are the connective threads i discuss you know I, this is why if you're interested in continuity driven storytelling and storytelling in general this is how you have payoffs and and every time they do it it's awesome it, it just explodes and it's just i love it it's just magnificent so <laughs> with all that being said John Singleton from The Boys in the Hood. Okay, see, jo John Singleton, Boys in the Hood, 1991. That's your director. 1991, Boys in, in the Hood comes out and completely changes the game. Okay? It, it brings us into a world, uh, as Americans, uh, we were blind over. They had no clue. And it's, it was very scary. It was very heartbreaking. Uh it gave you anxiety watching boys in the hood that was his first flick it's it, i think as good as a number one movie coming out of the gate as citizen kane and when it comes to like first attempts it's like citizen kane boys in the hood what else you got i'm not there's not much there it's a very small class and then he follows up with poetic justice higher learning another oscar grab in 1997 with rosewood and then he kind of goes into Hollywood mode. He makes Shaft remake. You know, Shaft just got remade again. It was like a Generations movie. It's a little bit weird. I don't know. There, there was nothing about that trailer that I'm like, what? everyone's old. And the, the young dude doesn't look that jacked. So I'm not really into it. Uh, and then we have... 2001 after shaft it's like baby boy too fast too furious four brothers abduction now four brothers successful abduction was pretty much just like you know he 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 had a main movie for about six years 2011 and then then he, look he he dies john singleton's no longer with us which is horrible because he is a primetime talent 
Uh, I think he could have went very far. Uh, why, why, why do I talk about him in this way? Because Too Fast, Too Furious has all of these wonderful elements. It has a good, has a good crime element. I think it has one of the best villains, you know, with Cole Hauser. But the movie takes place in Miami. And that's the problem. That is the reason why this movie never hit. And you could be like, Pete, what? Like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? In that short film, <laughs> he drives he drives over a sign that says New York one way, L.A. another. Okay? <laughs> and it's like, oh, what's happening here? He sure went to New York, Brian. The reason why I... I, I I'm taking this approach because I don't. I, I think on the surface this movie works. I think the the drama's there. I think everything between Brian O'Connor and Tyrese Gibson or Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson works. They have a history. It's a great scene when they're reunited, which is you know it's a it's a fight. It's a great scene when uh, Tyrese Gibson comes back around and realizes that his hatred, his anger towards Paul Walker was his fault. Great come to Jesus moment, but this movie isn't lit tonally, just optically. It doesn't match Fast and Furious. We want dark streets. We want lights. We want neon. We want streaks. Uh, there's these things about night racing and and the night that uh, connects us to these cars. These cars are bright candy coated colors with black. Now, I get it. Everybody wants to be different with the sequel. Everybody wants to be James Cameron's aliens. But you don't have to be. Okay? You, you, can, you can do that within the story. But uh, visually, you have to give the audience what they're expecting. And, you know, even making the, the, the aliens comparison. Right? Aliens looks the same as alien. It just looks the same. You'll be like, Papu. No, it just, look, we'll just say it looks the same. Moving on. Because this movie's shot in Miami, it doesn't look rounded. It looks flat. It's too bright. Too much uh, sun. You know, even though it's replicated, it's recreated sun. But it's just too bright. It's too even toned. It doesn't pop. It's just not there. Even at the very end. It takes you out of the movie, and it's really not what you're expecting. It's not what you want, and it it's not a good job having it look like Miami. If you want a good movie that it could be Miami, you know, like go to Bad Boys 1 and 2. Bay, the Michael Bay sunsets, all, all these elements that he puts into these movies that show almost like heat and stuff, you know, like smoldering and... and, and the sunshine within the city. He has a way of doing that. He he is a genius when it comes to that. John Singleton, I feel like, was out of his element having this movie take place in Miami. And you say, but Pete, boys in the hood, California, Miami, like same right, same tones. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're 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 right. That those tones worked within Boys in the Hood. Not in Fast and Furious 2 or Too Fast and Too Furious. And that's where this movie falls apart. Uh, scene to scene, it's, it's engaging. You know, we have another like undercover agent trying not to be uncovered. We, we, you know, there's a, 
a deal aspect. Brian needs to deliver to get exonerated. It, it's setting up future movies. We have a new cast. You know, Tyrese Gibson, great addition. So, like, we have all of these awesome elements. We have drama. We have crime. We have cars. You know, like, let's rock and roll, people. But it just doesn't hit. And it just doesn't hit from a visual standpoint. It doesn't. Now, with the sequel, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. We get back to the nighttime racing. They 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 understood what what the uh, what the middle movie was missing, and this is why we we continue with franchises because it takes multiple movies to hone in on what we're doing. Now the next movie, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, is also the last of the pure racing movies. Now the the movies just set around like pure racing. I would say this Tokyo Drift is more pure racing than all of them. Because there's such a heavy crime element in Too Fast, Too Furious and Fast and Furious. Heavy crime element, but it's still focused on racing. And it really is Fast and Furious and Tokyo Drift. Like the first one, the third one, that is your most race-focused race movies. They try to make it work in, in this movie, and it just, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't carry. It really doesn't. And it, it, it's, it stinks because this movie does have... The elements, and it's just it's it's a nice delicate failure. Uh, I don't think it's a fault of the story or the script uh, that looks there. Uh, the movie's just littered with great actors, so you know, experienced veterans. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else what else you need. Good visuals, good car designs, hot babes. So you know, like that, and even at the time, like that was a formula you needed for Fast and Furious. You still need it, but. Again, you know, the, this franchise evolved into crime heist, uh, now it's somewhat crime spy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. That's what I mean about this being an amazing franchise. They've done so much with it. But look, everyone, it's available on Stars. You can go check it out. Do you, like, if you're interested in the backstory between Brian O'Connor and Tyrese Gibson, yeah, sure, check it out. It, I, this movie's worth it for that. If you're interested more in like Eva Mendez and her background, sure. Uh, you know, Ludacris. If you want to know where Ludacris came from for this franchise, awesome. You know, like uh, the, the, pulling those two guys out of this movie and throwing them into, I think it was uh, six uh, or five. You know, by, by the time we hit five, which was the Brazilian heist, it, you know, like it's it's there. It really is. But so, look, everyone, I love you. Peter A. DeLuca, a.k.a. Pad, signing out. Episode 217 of the a.k.a. Pad's Audio Audacity Podcast. Tell your friends. Help me out. Leave reviews. Leave comments. Uh, hit those hearts. Do it all. Go out there. Have some fun. Create something today. Finish it. See you through. And I'll talk to you later. <laughs>